Welcome to the Chasing Tail Podcast, brought to you by Midwest Tail Chasers and Frigid Forage. Welcome back, guys, to episode two of the Chasing Tail Podcast. You got Matt, Logan, and Kyle here. On today's episode, we are going to be covering all things early season. So I say we jump right into it. What do you boys say? Yeah, I'm all in. Let's go. Absolutely. Always ready. Let's um, let's start off with um, summer preparation. So I'm talking the months coming up to like the first couple of weeks of the season specifically. So how early are you guys getting trail cameras out? Right. First things first. Even, I, I always shoot for scouting, or even starting your scouting if it if scouting comes before getting out trail cameras, right? I always try to get my mind in the right place and I try to get my cameras out in June. Beginning of June preferably, but June in general, the month of June. Early bird. Yeah. Well, this year I went earlier. I was I think I had mine out in May, end of May. Really? Middle of May, which probably will never do that again. Because mm-hmm. kind of disappointing. But they always are. Middle of middle of July for sure. Get cameras yeah. out rolling, and then that's kind of when I start scouting, driving around, wasting gas. It's not wasting gas. I about middle middle end of July I start driving around for sure. Yeah, the first week or two might be wasting gas, but after that you start seeing those just giants coming out. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel I feel like same spot. It's a little bit different for me, being I hunt completely different to where I live, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, what a two hour drive. So yeah. Hour and a half. Um, so for me getting trail cameras out, isn't like as specific to a date, um, as much as it is for convenience. Um, I scout whenever I can, I try to use other resources. I mean, Logan scouted a pretty nice buck over one of my properties, um, just the other day and sent me a picture of it. So it's a little bit different for me than it is for you guys, but, uh, I'm on the fence of the earlier, the better for sure. As far as the early season scouting goes um, and, and then rolling into trail cameras, what are you guys doing specifically with these trail cameras? Right? So are you changing your June, July trail cameras to a different spot come like late August, early September when crunch time starts to begin? Or are you looking at the same thing basically? Absolutely, for sure. I got where I got my cameras in the summer are strictly summer September spots, mainly food or trails that they're using in the summer. Just kind of I have plans, for, yeah, feel for what's there, what's going on, who's around, who's moving where, what's happening. But come middle of September, late September, I already have plans where I'm moving most of my cameras. Sure. I, they're moving, you know, to way different areas. Mm-hmm. How are you I'm probably more open field and on my food plots almost year round. Yep. Um, especially later in the year, uh, for sure, on the food plots, any food source in general. Mm-hmm. But um, early season, you know, you got the greens, so bean field, edge of a bean field, uh, alfalfa field, for sure. Um, after that, for sure. You know, October, you're putting them over your food plots mm-hmm. for me, anyways. Yeah. And it's kind of all I do. I mean, I try leaving my cameras in at least the same locations 
most of the year just so I'm not in there tracking tracking it down and everything, mm-hmm. educating them. Right. And you run mostly cell cams, right? Yep. Yep. I and, use the Cutty Link system. I like it. I, I haven't had troubles with it. Sure. I know Kyle uses something different. Yeah. Um, do you have any? I do not run cell cameras. No. It's uh, that's I, tough when you're out of state. No. See, for me, I, it's it's the complete opposite actually because that was like one of the big things that I loved early when I was getting into hunting was the thrill of going and checking it. It's always a high on your way out there. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like almost being away from where I hunt, having a cell cam would create more of an issue for me because if it was, say for instance, it's the middle of October, ruts just starting to kick up and a hit lister shows up daylight on Wednesday afternoon. I don't have that luxury of going out there Thursday morning or Thursday evening. Um, and sometimes I don't even have that luxury of going out there Saturday morning or Saturday evening. You know what I mean? So I feel like having a little bit of that unknown helps me. It probably doesn't help me as a hunter, but it helps me a little bit more like in the mental side. In the mental side, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's perks to both. Like I run cell and regular and I'll put my regular ones on like easier to access places like places right off four road trails mm-hmm. or right on edges of fields or, you know, food plots. Yeah. But I like being able with like the cell cameras that put them, you know, deeper into the stuff like up by bedding or, you know, places where there's a lot of rubs and scrapes or places. I don't want to go in all the time randomly just sure. to check them. But I know I have no idea what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely for me. Um, one of the more difficult things about running cameras strictly with chips um, especially once season starts to roll around because obviously you don't want to go rolling in there with the wheeler um, in the middle of September when you're planning on hunting it the next morning for sure that that evening so it becomes a lot more of a strategic thing so when oh, I'm headed to this stand especially this when you camera do it, is on the way of to this stand or something like that then you're switching yeah. on the chip yeah. for two when you do it once a month that's that's tough to do and you have zero. Yeah. You have zero idea on what's going on yeah. out there. You don't know if they. You just had a one sixty move in, and he's daylighting every single day in front of one stand. You have no idea. Yeah. But it's and people did it for hundreds of years. I mean, yeah. it's doable. It's very doable. And for me, my cameras in the early season, the way the prop, the main property that I hunt lays out is. I have a big alfalfa field that communities of deer seem like they gravitate to, especially in the really early season. So I'm able to scout those. Um, that's a little bit more of just a seeing it with my own eyes sort of thing. And then my main food plot is sets back to the north side, not visible whatsoever from the road or anything like that, that I'm going to have a camera at. And then my other cameras are going to be common travel corridors, especially the early season. Um, and then once you transition towards the rut, a little bit closer to where a lot of the action is going to be, your deeper, line, your deeper in the woods, a little bit yeah, close to bedding and stuff like that. Um, See, I've never had that luxury on any properties I've hunted to summer scout by glassing fields. Yeah. I would love it dearly, which at that my my more property, the guy plants weird stuff like he's got sunflowers and corn out there right now. Can't glass either one of those. No, no. But no. they love corn and they absolutely love sunflowers. Yeah. But you can't glass it, so you got to base everything off trail cameras. This is this is the first year I was able to glass the deer that I'm getting on camera. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I and found them. How do you enjoy it? You like it? Oh, I like it a lot. Sure. But it's only one field, and it's 
600 yards away, so it's tough. Yeah. But it's still cool to go out there. It's almost every night they're out there. You know they're out there. You go yeah. at the same but I feel like it, 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 it adds that little bit of stir crazy. Oh too. yeah, it's like come season, up. come season, you're gonna you're gonna For tell sure. yourself, how long did I watch this buck come out here yeah. five nights a week? Yeah. And you're gonna go out there and sit, and he's gonna change his pattern. For sure. Once that velvet comes off, those deer are completely different. Yeah, and right. it, you're hunting that's a completely different animal. That's my next question for you, Logan. Like, you've been watching these bucks all summer, and you know once they shed their velvet and get out of their summer patterns, they're gonna move, get a different pattern, a different area, maybe. What are you going to do differently once season rolls around and the bucks aren't coming to that field yeah, every night? Once that preseason turns into that early season. I think <clears throat> you have two weeks from when they shed velvet to keep their summer patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From what I have seen. So, I mean, every buck's different, but yeah, it's pretty every, it's pretty basic yeah. around that one to two weeks yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, I'm not going to have the luxury of hunting opener weekend. I'm not going to have that chance to get them early season. And even potentially the first couple of weeks of season. Yeah, for with, sure. With your bear tag and, and stuff like that. So what I'm going to do, just rely on cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over, over the food source. I mean, they got to eat. They're going to be over the food source. You know, once, especially when that first frost hits, um, for sure, we'll try being out in the stand over the big and beasty uh, food plot that I have planted. Um you know, it's rut time. You're looking for all rut activity. Yeah. And that's where you're hunting. Right. Right. Yeah. They totally, which can move totally you to, throw it up. Yeah. Which you can move to a completely different side of your property at that point. Mm-hmm. So kind of pivoting from what a lot of what all of us talked about there relied on food source, right? So pivoting to food source and food plots. What are what are you guys doing this year? I mean, we're getting now to the end, being the middle of August, we're getting to the end of food plot season for the most part, unless you're planning a late season. Um, what are you guys doing? What are you looking to do? And what are the results you're looking to yield from doing those food plots and planting those? Okay, so I'll start. So the one property I have just north of where we live, I put a one-acre food plot of frigid forage, big and beastie. Yep. Never had any, this property's got no food out there besides natural forage. Yep. And the deer, they come and go from there. Then there's no real homebody box there. And I'm hoping by putting this, you know, one acres of one acre of food in that it'll get those deer to like hang around there more and kind yep. of home in there more, gravitate towards the area more and like stick around longer. Cause I get nice bucks out there, but they're always moving through. They're passing through. Yep. So I'm hoping with that food plot in years to come, I don't plan on happening this year or next year, but like the year after and years to come, them to kind of more make that place their home. And they know they got good bedding and good food there. They'll, they'll grow onto that and they'll, they'll learn to love it. And in the early season specifically, like that first month, are you, are you honing in to food specifically? Yeah, hundred percent. In September, 100%. it's it's hundred percent food. Food's the name of the game for okay. sure. Sure. And then the other farmer hunt, it's a great big agriculture farm just south of us. And it's throughout the summer. It's great. They got tons of corn, tons of beans. They got everything they want. But the farmers always they they'll chop the 
egg in October sometime and they'll chop it and they'll till it and disc it right away so it's ready to plant next spring. Mm-hmm. That leaves zero food behind. Sure. We put a 1.7 acre food plot in there this year and we're hoping for the same thing because those deer, they'll stick around through the rut. There's a lot of, it's, it's a good travel area for those deer but they never stick around after the rut. It, it'll turn yep. into like a barren desert land for deer. Mm-hmm. So hoping with that, that they'll also stick around there and you know feed on that food. It's a good size food plots are open they'll stick around there throughout throughout rifle and muzzleloader season and, sure. and into winter for sure. sure and for you logan as far as food plots go coming off of kyle's comment there we're kind of the opposite right now up north we planted beans right away in the, the spring i think it was first week in june this year because we had a wet spring uh we don't get any deer moving in until that late you know mid-october that frost. That water. frost. Yep. Because that's when all of the farmers, they get all their food off. Right now, they're in the big green alfalfa field, the big uh, bean fields. They're not in the smaller food plots right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, closer to home, uh, for the food plots we planted, Big and Beastie, we have uh, an acre of that. And then we also have Autumn Quick Plot, mm-hmm. which I've never used Autumn Quick Plot. How, so how, how, much, autumn, how much Autumn Quick Plot? I think it's like three quarters of an acre. So fairly good size. Yeah, it's a good size. And it's right on the edge of a cornfield. So I know they're going to be hitting that cornfield, you know, during late season, uh, like rifle. And as soon as that corn comes off, I know they're going to transition to the green, back to the greens. So, I mean, having both, you know, both worlds, I'm hoping that the farmer doesn't take off and disc up that corn right there because they'll be bouncing back and forth. Sure. And sure. sometimes they get that little snack in the smaller, yep. more yep. secluded, safe food source before mm-hmm. they move on to the picker. And that's a lot of our food plots that I have right now. They're, you know, acre, acre and a half is probably the biggest one, but it's like in between food sources, like the bigger food sources, mm-hmm. which they, they'll travel. Yeah. So as, as a staging area yeah. in a way is kind of what, it, yep. what they are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and for me, Food plots, um, I, it's pretty standard for, for most years. Uh, we have just under a two-acre big and beastie plot um, that I hunt pretty hard. Um, and then a small plot, a small interior plot um, on a smaller piece that I hunt as well um, of autumn quick plot. Uh, but for me, it's... I would say probably in the early season, it's close to 50-50 more or less of me actually hunting the food and then me hunting the travel corridors that get to the food. Because, right, a lot of the a lot of the issue that I've had in the early season um, sitting that food, when you get those mature bucks out, it's that last light, right? I don't know oh, how many times hunting these one to four acre piece of plots, um, you're sitting there and you have the does file in like they're following the script. And then that big buck that you're chasing comes in right at last light. Right. And you have to sit there and watch him. He's out of range or he's there for a quick second or it gets too dark on you. Um, so my thought process is to kind of make an attempt to cut them off on that travel corridor. What is he, what is he doing mm-hmm. from and- the time he gets up out of bed? To the time he makes it to that food right right and it's different for every deer because some deer are extremely patternable with that like a few years back i had one that was he's doing the same thing every night and he'd show up in that field like just after dark but i was able to slip back a little bit and catch him in between mm-hmm. and it's like you said it's it's 
It depends yeah, always on, on what they're going to do and how they want to act. It's pretty year. close to 50-50, I would say, for me. Um, depends on location, too. Up north, our woods, they're thick. So to get you, a, you don't even get that option. I don't get that option. Mm-hmm. I'm hunting strictly over our food plots almost yeah. like 24-7 when I'm up there, which is it makes it difficult for sure. Uh, at home, it's kind of the same thing. You know, where our food plots are and where most of the deer are, there's not a big enough tree that I can just go and throw a hang up on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's cedar swamp central here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tougher. You get those, uh, you know, oak woods. And one, if it's a good year, you get acorns and you can hunt that hard, but that's only one every three years, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. They always got possibility on those, those good oak flats to produce. Yeah. That if they is. don't produce a good buck, they'll always produce a good doe. Exactly. Or a good squirrel. Or a good, plenty of times a good squirrel. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how many arrows I've lost from a squirrel, but it happens. <laughs> so let's roll into um, early season. What are you doing as far as what are you shooting? How often are you shooting? Are you not shooting? Getting yourself honed in. What's what's your ritual? What uh, what do you guys prefer as far as how often you're shooting your bows? I mean, we're all I feel like we're all pretty pretty diehard bow hunters. I mean, we try to we try to carry the bow in the stand as much as absolutely possible. So, so for me, I try to shoot my bow every single day, and I'm pretty good at that every single day. Whether it's I shoot three arrows real quick on my way in from work to the house, I'll off three but you know on weekends i try to you know get a good 20 30 40 arrows in but i I try to be consistent get that get that muscle memory going get that consistency going because you can be a good archer for one or two shots but you gotta have that consistency i mean where you can shoot five six arrows good you know yeah and with our starting the year off with you know western nebraska trip i mean you're looking at further shots, you know, more open country. I mean, you got to be comfortable out to 50 yards. For sure. And so you're a repetition, repetition, repetition for sure. sure. Memory, like you said, and really important. if you can pre- start your year, like I do every year in Nebraska, preparing to take 40, 50, six, 60 yard shots. If you're comfortable, I mean, more, if you're comfortable. more often than not longer shots, than longer shots than around yourself here. around here. Right? So if you're planning, you start your year, prepping for long shots and then you finish that trip and you come home and start a season in Minnesota where 20, 30 yards is the chip shot. Chip, chip shot. It's a chip sure. shot. You, you, you prep for long shots all year and you get around home where the 30 yards is a long distance around home. It's a chip shot. So that's how I spend, you know, about July. I really start ramping it up and just trying to get them arrows through the bow for sure. Get that rep, get that repetition and muscle memory there. And let me ask you a secondary question. Um, you shoot more than most people that I know, right? You say it's muscle memory and stuff like that. So what's what's satisfactory? What are you what are you looking for when you're shooting? I mean, if you're shooting thirty yards, I mean, I don't know what you max out at comfortably, but if you're shooting 30, 40 yards, what's hey, I just had a great a great shooting at the range, I had a great grouping. What it, like what is what you're looking for, right? Ideally. Ideally, I mean, I mean, at thirty yards, are you keeping it in a pie plate, or at thirty no. yards, are you keeping thirty, it? 30 yeah. yards? Thirty yards. I want to be like, preferably within a baseball mm-hmm. grouping, but I'll I'll take a softball size. Okay. 
And what do you yeah. what do you remind us? What are you shooting this fall? I shoot a Matthews Triax, wrapping her for years. It's and by far by far in my opinion one of Matthews' best bows. And when they wow me with a new bow, I will upgrade. But they have yet to wow me with anything. Have you shot the V three X? I have not. I don't need to because the Triax fills all my needs. She Logan, fills my desires. Logan, what about you? And this Triax has killed more deer than that V three X. Good point. That's a good point. She's proven. She's only have one She's year season. Season, absolutely. And Logan, how about you? What? Let's let's pivot. Yeah, to we'll pivot to Logan. What, uh, what are you shooting in the early season? How important is it to you? And how dialed in do you like to get? Well, I mean, you're, around you're, the time you're, I start, you're preparing for a Nebraska trip yep. here that is a little bit out of your realm, right? I know for a fact you're not used yeah. to slinging arrows at no. 60, 70 yards around no. home here. So once in a while, you know, I'd shoot. Know, longer range just to see how well it can do but it's not consistent right um but starting middle of july usually when i start you know driving around skeleton is when i start shooting for the first month of july try once a week you know i don't want to push it too much um that's yeah. where me and kyle are like different you know if you start shooting too much you have a bad night i could throw off the rest of the week here you know that's just me personally you know, once August comes, later August, you try shooting two, three times a week just to fully get prepared. Sure. Um, shooting in different positions, sitting down, mm-hmm. um, shooting elevated. That's one thing I've been meaning to tell you. Like, planning for a trip, like, to Nebraska, I was going to tell you the other day, to practice shooting from your knees, from your butt, because there's very little hunting from a stand out there. So you got to yeah. practice from all positions you might be in in the field. And this coming from my knowledge of just hunting out West, let alone with a bow, definitely start practicing with being out of breath. Oh yeah. Practice right. holding your bow back for an extended period of time. Like there's, you cannot practice it's enough. endless to, Yeah. Yeah. To things that you can do that you're not, that are unorthodox to being a stand hunter from Minnesota. One thing I do is I'll jog. I'll shoot my arrows and I'll jog down my target pull and I'll jog back. You can't jog. I, I'll speed walk. walk. Oh, I'll God. speed walk. Man, but that loon is just killing them. There's but when I get back to shoot my bow, I'll be out of breath and winded. Just shoot right away. Boom. Boom. Fling them out because you got to practice in that scenario because there's plenty of times when you might get on a wild stock. Next thing you know, you got a shot ready and available, and you're going to be out of breath. Adrenaline, adrenaline yeah. pumping. You're going to be out of breath. You're going to have one knee on the ground, one leg kicked out. You know, you're going to be in the weirdest position in your life, but you got to make that shot. Absolutely. I don't know about you guys. I. It seems to me like I shoot better at an actual deer. Oh, huh, for, for sure. Compared Even, to a target. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just because it's usually a bigger target than, you know, shooting at a little three by three. A tiny dot, yeah, but little block with a yeah, yellow circle in the middle. One hundred percent, a live deer is way easier to shoot at sure. for me. One hundred percent. And what do you shoot, Logan? I actually last year it was kind of an impulse buy. Uh, I was shooting the Matthews Creed XS. It was seven years old at this point. I decided it was time for a new bow, so I went out bought the Matthews V3X. A week later got it all dialed in over the uh, week coming up to Thanksgiving Thanksgiving night I was like I'm going out and I'm shooting a doe with this thing for sure mm-hmm. and lo and behold came back with the doe yeah. I love it smoothest bow I've ever shot yeah. um, fast quiet um, everything you want in a bow yeah for sure um, 
I shoot a Matthews Vertex um, and kind of somewhere in between the two of you, it sounds like. For me, man, the last two bows that I've owned from Matthews, the Vertex now, and I shot the no cam HTR before that, it's like riding a bike, man. I don't. I don't need. I, the, I know the feeling. I don't sure. need to fling an arrow like every single night, and some people do. And those people, like Kyle, are probably much better shots than me. But I don't know. It just seems like you stroll up to the target, and it's the thing is on. I mean, if you're if you're in good shape, and I don't know, I I don't and, practice as much probably as I should, but as long as oh, you're comfortable, as right, long as you're comfortable, right. especially with you only being around home this year. Like if I only if I didn't have my Nebraska trip, mm-hmm. it would pressure a lot less than I do. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, because yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a hundred different ways to skin a cat as far as shooting a bow. Yeah, as far as shooting a bow goes, you can shoot as much as you want. Probably don't shoot it as little as possible, but yeah, I wouldn't just pick it it's up open or morning. <laughs> no, you should make sure you can make three kill shots for unless it's a ones. turkey, right? Right, yeah. it's, unless it's a turkey, yeah. and all bets are off. Yeah. yeah, you either miss it or you kill it. There's exactly. no, there's no in the middle. Sure. So, let's move into gear for early season. What are you gearing up on? What uh, What are you looking for when you're going out in the stand? Right. So, obviously, when the rut rolls around, you're hunting those travel corridors, you're following the does, you know. Um, but as far as more than just hunting the food, are you hunting wind direction? Are you hunting moon phase? Are you hunting water? Are you, what are you doing specifically? And then what are you gearing up with? What, because uh, I mean, we live in Minnesota. I feel like a lot of people give us a stereotype. It's cold in Minnesota, right? But when the middle of September rolls around, I don't know how many times I've walked out to the deer stand and it's 75 plus degrees. Oh, for sure. For sure. So miserable sweating when you walk out. Yeah, yeah. Here's a disclaimer. I think all three of us probably have different tactics. I don't think we're going to push one tactic or another. What works for us is what works. And what works for anybody listening is what works for you. If it works for you, then take that and roll with it. Teach their own. Just personal experience, exactly. Teach your own. You know, if, if we, we, you know, if it works for you, that's all that matters. Right. Keep on keeping on. Right. What works for us, works for us. We're right. not going to change how we do it. I think our success is proven to work. So, right. So let's start with Logan. Let's, let's yeah. start with Logan. Logan, what are you gearing up with early season? Um, what's in the bag? What, uh. Alrighty. What are you paying attention to, or or is it as simple as you're just getting out when you when you're able to get out because you know, the hustle and bustle of life? Because I can go first actually, and I can just tell you when I can get in the stand, especially in the early season. That's when I'm in the stand. Yep. Um, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to. I mean, I pay attention to wind direction specifically, just because I'm a pretty diehard on. I don't want to blow my deer out. Um, Right. early season and have them mm-hmm. have that one time be that mature buck that shows up and I never yeah. see him again sort of thing. So wind direction is huge for me. I don't really pay attention to moon phase, um, especially in the early season. And like I said, I'm hunting a mix of food plots and travel corridors specifically. And I'm gearing up with, I personally wear uh, all the early season Sitka stuff. I, I rock with Sitka. Um, I think it's the Equinox pants and quarter zip. Uh, 
Uh, you can't get. You can't I get too, can't think of the name, but you yeah, can't. I, I you can't get so. too light in the state of Minnesota yeah, in the first couple months of the season, especially in the afternoons. You might get lucky and get a colder morning. I think last opener was like 35 degrees for whatever reason in the morning, which was sweet. But yeah, yeah, you just—that's Minnesota. You never know what's going right. on. It's unpredictable for sure. One week it's going to be 75, the next week it's snowing and 25. Right. And then 75 again the yeah. week after. Uh, what I go with, I so before, I never really hunted early season. I would wait until second week in October. Usually by that time you're 40 degrees. So I would, you know, have my just regular, you know, medium weight gear on. Yep. Uh, this year I made the switch to Sitka uh, at the Fanatic Series. And then I'm going to go and get the lightweight uh, hoodie and some pants for Nebraska. And I'll use probably early season uh, here in Minnesota this year. Um, other than that, it's kind of all I roll with. You know, you have the two types of different uh, lightweight. and You go straight into heavy. There's no middle of the season. No. Middle- Chilly. You, you mix in the light jacket yeah. here and there, but yeah, maybe in the morning here and there. But yep. uh, yeah, it's it, it's warm weather stuff to cold weather yeah. stuff. Yeah, there's and there's a very good chance that you're bundling up in the morning and wearing the lightest stuff oh, possible yeah. in the afternoon. Yep, like on the same day for it's, sure. Uh, wind wise, I obviously always try to prepare for the wind. Um, if there's a way around it, I will go around the wind and you know hunt a stand that's a little bit more risky uh just you know you're using cover scents you know uh scent killer um i look at the pressure barometric pressure a lot i'm a firm believer in that mm-hmm. high pressure high yeah. deer movement and i'm not more of like a moon phase i'm more of like the like moon set and rise mm-hmm. so if that moon is still out in the morning at nine o'clock for whatever reason you tend to see more mature deer movement in that time frame. And that's on like two of my three deer that I have on the wall. That's what has happened. Sure. The moon's been up. Uh, cold fronts are also a big push. If there's, you know, 75 one day, the next day it's supposed to be 30. I'm out in the stand for sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, one thing I think we, I can speak for all of us is we're hardcore weekend warriors. 100 percent like there's no getting off like taking a day off in the middle of the week if we have a big buck on camera we just kind of have to hope and pray he's still there no for any of you guys listening we all work full-time jobs unfortunately yeah believe it or not all 10 of you that hear this um (laughs) this is not our full-time gig so not yet no um kyle how are you I mean, pretty close, the same as you guys. I mean, I do the same thing. I, I rep Sitka early season. Um, you know, I got the light pants, light Beer quarters. Tastes good. Huh? Beer tastes good. I'm One all, sponsorship I, we could get, Bush. Yeah. If any Bush executives are listening, hop on. Or hit Matt's line. We're ready to go. Hit me up. I would love to talk numbers. So, like I was saying, I rep the early season Sitka stuff. You know, I don't remember the name of the pants. It's the quarter zip, light stuff. Um, I got the Kelvin active jacket. I love to wear on those like little cooler mornings, like fifties and stuff a lot. Almost every morning in Nebraska, I'll wear the same, uh, Kelvin active jacket, you know, little cooler mornings, a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I definitely, you know, try to hunt early season. I'm usually looking for a doe. I'll 
obviously play the win because, like Matt said, you never know. If you're just going for a dough, you never know when that big bucks could be there. You just never know. You don't want to ruin anything. You just got to play it safe, play it comfortable. Don't go in with a shit wind. Um, yeah, going with you know, going with the right wind. And obviously, in the packs, oh, you always gotta have a thermos cell early season. Absolutely. <laughs> with you bear hunting, you know, oh, you're gonna want yeah, a thermos yeah, cell. Man. I'm like, not yeah. looking forward to that. At least you won't be around for like September. Yeah, 1st. I might be fine because I'm gonna be later in the bear season. But oh, yeah, oh, that's uh, first week of September, sitting so in cool. northern Minnesota. Oh, I have oh. a question for both of you: Do you hunt mornings early season at all? If any. Oh, I, I, I love mornings early season. I do not. Say what you want about them. I, lo- I love mornings. I'll take mornings over evenings all year round. I don't I don't discriminate. I hunt mornings and evenings. I have killed um, more deer in the mornings than I have in the afternoons, 100%. No, actually, actually 75% of my deer have came in the mornings. Yeah. Bucks I, and I, I, will, I usually do not hunt early season in the mornings. I, uh, when, I when, let, let me ask you this. When would you consider yourself... I'll start hunting mornings when the temperature is consistently like probably in the mornings and is it a, 40s for sure and is that strictly comfortability or do you just feel like no i just feel like about... deer movement in our areas are just when it's warmer in the mornings they're not around sure in the areas that i need them to be so i usually just wait until you get that cooler temperatures it's... and then you start going in there in the morning I'll take the walk in to the stand in the afternoon all day. Nothing's worse than walking the stand in the dark in the morning. No. You, you risk so much blowing things out, you know? Yeah, you can't see it, obviously. Um, um, I don't know. I, 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 love early, I love morning hunts. I love but mornings too, man. I've, I'm there with you. I love the cool, crisp mornings. Like when you're walking in and there's like a frost on the ground. The only crappy thing of hunting early season mornings is as soon as the sun comes up and it gets a little bit up in the air, your movement's over. Yeah. The the, the hunt ends quicker than you want it to. Yeah. Morning hunts in the early season, I feel like, and I think Kyle said he can vouch. I think they're worth it in my opinion, like with the results that we've yielded. Um, But definitely way shorter of a hunt. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a very good chance that in the morning, if you're getting, if you're getting set in your tree, 20 minutes before legal shooting late, there's a very hot chance that that is an hour and a half hunt. Yeah, for sure. Like realistically, but, realistically, you can I, sit, you can sit your ass in a stand for three, four hours if you want to. But and you might, bored. you might see something. Oh, you yeah. might, you might. Like if you got nothing, if you got a pretty laid back Saturday, throw a couple of beers in your bag and sure have at it. But like the chances of you seeing something and something substantial at that matter, very slim. But that one hour, man. Yeah, I can't and, wait for and, September seventeenth. I can't wait for September seventeenth morning. I will be in a tree. I've had a lot of really crappy mornings too. Very a lot of mornings where the sun comes up, I don't see a darn thing, and then I just pack my bag and go in, go back to the truck. Yeah, there's some mornings where it's like, wow, man, the freaking deer were on their feet that morning. Um, back to what you guys are saying, moon, don't pay attention to that, especially in the early season. Wind, definitely early pay attention. Sure, yeah, I hardly watch the moon during the run. I do a little bit. I always, I hunting, fishing, I always keep an eye on the moon. Moon will do crazy things to animals, in my opinion. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for my season. You know, I key into, you know, food stuff for sure. I have another question off of Matt's little rant that he had. 
Um, he said 20 minutes before shooting light. When do you guys usually go into your stand in the morning? Oh, sometimes it's a lot easier to put on paper than results yield. Oh, for sure. Sometimes, sometimes I'll roll Depends on I did the night before. Sometimes, <laughs> exactly. Like, sometimes you, you plop up into that stand, and there's just no way that you do not smell like the liquor cabinet. <laughs> and you're sitting there a little bit hungover, and it's like, why am I here? But then the second you see it here, you sober up. Yep. You hear that first twig crack. You're like, you see that gray squirrel come around the corner? Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) The biggest gray squirrel you've ever seen. So for me, it's anywhere from ideally, anywhere from, I'm not going to fool myself and say I get in the stand an hour before I can shoot because that's just nuts. Um, That's what I do. 45 minutes to 15 minutes. Okay, but somewhere in that. I'm a half hour to an hour. Can I ask you guys, have you guys ever had the whole, you pull into the place, you get on your truck, and sun's coming up, you can you don't have to use your flashlight to get your stand, you're like trotting to your stand like whole farm. I don't, late. I, I am never, late. I have never had that. Really? I have, but going on for that. Maybe I, in the I, afternoon. I don't, I don't know if this is like a, just you, a You've never pulled up and the sun was up already? No, if it's at oh. that point, I probably. Probably go back to bed because oh you're a nerd maybe I, in the way early season yeah but if it's peak rut and that sun's peaking usually up, I, I don't haul an ass to that so day. I don't the, the okay. buck I killed last year on Halloween morning I pulled in and it was like legal shooting light when I was stepping on my truck put my clothes on I'm like great Kyle I done fucked up my morning yeah well I got much on I damn near trotted all over the stand I crawled <laughs> in that stand and 10:45 that buck came walking by and he ate an arrow from me yeah. I I have never got to the stand where the sun's coming up. But legal shooting light. I do maybe wanna, maybe earlier than my thirty minutes that I would want to get there. But I do want to address. Do you guys walk to the tree with the flashlight on in the morning? No, I I I, I use totally. Oh, I was gonna say I don't know if I'm the only person, but I go completely zero dark thirty. In the I, I go zero dark thirty for sure. Yeah, like it's all north, it's I will not because of wolves. It's well, I don't care. When wolves I are scary, when I will I, eat my ass. What's a, what's a headlamp gonna do? At least I see the eyes and I can be prepared. <laughs> I'd rather not see the eyes exactly, personally. Right? No, I have a full blown wrestling match with that thing. No, not a chance. <laughs> and have the it, like, thing would be around your juggler before you even could realize it's there. When, when I was bear hunting Park Rapids. Every single night, the wolves would be howling when I was walking in from the stand, and I wasn't walking. I was running, oh, yeah. headlamp wide open, bow cocked, handgun on the waist, hand on it, and I was dead sprint to the truck every night. Dude, bears don't scare me. Wolves scare the shit out of me. Where, wolves are scary. Yeah. They can be. If there's more than, you know, one. Hey, you wait till we get a breath. I have them on camera here, like, every once in a while. Oh, yeah. And they're oh, big. Yeah. I've they're not the, small. I've seen two. I've seen two wolves around this area while I'm in the stand. Hey. I get them on camera every so often, but while I'm in the stand, I've seen two wolves. I've seen them in the stand one time, and there was two of them. One of them had a collar. One of them had a collar. Got shot on state land that same morning. Double ear tags. Uh, that, that was smart by that guy. Yeah, yeah I think. Very illegal in the state of Minnesota. For it is, but Dan Star, if you're listening. <laughs> Will be okay, so, on this so hold, on, hold on, Logan. If you think wolves are scared, you wait till you get to Nebraska and the locals talk about mountain lions. Oh no! Get this. Last year we had a picture. I don't know. We can't 
like say for sure it was it a mountain lion or a bobcat because it was in our beans. We just saw that. I don't know. I can show you the picture after this. You'd be scared shitless. Okay. Well, was it like standing over the beans or was it in the beans? It was a little bit earlier, like July. So it was its back was above the beans for sure, and the beans are you know, I don't know. Yeah. I've seen a few bobcats in the stand. They're smaller than people think. Oh yeah, I've seen like, one before. Yeah, I suppose you got one sitting in your fucking living room. Yeah, it's on the wall with a big red nose, Rudolph <laughs> nose. Yeah, yeah. taxidermy skills on that one. Yeah. So I got two questions, two topics to round this out. Okay, let, let's go. One being a quick one. Early, keep it in the topic of early season. Do you guys have any? interest or any experience with water right i feel like we're i feel like we're in a we're we're in a place where nice yeah whoops um where water maybe isn't as much of a factor as it is in other parts of the country and even other parts of the state do you guys hunt water do you have any experience or success hunting water or is it just kind of off the books for you I, me personally, never have hunted water. Never once. Not, not, not even Minnesota. like not even like in the remote area of water where you think it's affected the hunt at all. Uh, North Dakota, I have. Okay, I hunt the river bottom, sure. but that's just a traveling corridor for the deer. Sure. That's kind of what I was going to say. So, like where I hunt in Princeton, it's a river bottom. Last year, I set up main spot I sat last year was right. I mean, I was ten yards from the river, and like. I watched, I had a few does come up and drink out of it and blah, blah, but I wasn't sitting there That's the for the, for the yeah, water. Sure. But I've heard people talk and like during the rut, people will mainly hunt over water. Mm-hmm. I never have. And I've heard it's amazing because the bucks get thirsty from running so much. Usually yeah. in Minnesota though, our water that we have around here yeah. during the rut rifle season, it's froze up. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my experience with water is very limited. I mean, we have that one little ground ground pond in that in our 40 that's on the north side kind of by that mm-hmm. that road and then the big swamp i mean and i'm sure they use that but i don't have any any way or form yeah. of hunting over it so i was just curious about that that's something i wouldn't mind getting more into it'd in be very future. cool i feel like hunting over like a pop hunting over a pond like submerged in a piece of woods would be a would neat kill i heard in a podcast a couple weeks ago that this guy, he prefers, he hunts over water a lot. He pref- the, he found out the deer prefer those little stagnant ponds yep. in the middle of the woods over like a crystal clear running creek. Yeah. And I mean, this pond that I'm talking about in my 40 is, I, I don't know, maybe 25 by 15, but there's tracks stagnant all over Stagnant little you should, put a, a, you should put a like, camera up there. Yeah. I mean, there's tracks all over. It's just, it sits, I don't know. 100 yards from the gravel road so i mean if i was ever to hunt over it i'm looking right at the neighbor driving into his wow. house you, you know got, you got one guy driving on that road. yeah right right road is a loose term um i heard that they like those stagnant ponds because those stagnant icky ponds they got more mineral in it more minerals in them than like those crystal clear running rivers yeah. So they like they like get like getting that mineral in. That's why I prefer to drink puddle water over bottled water. A hundred percent, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Immune system, exactly, exactly. Okay. That's why I'm uh, as healthy as I am today. Right, a hundred percent. That's right. Dripping on the wound. <laughs> as he says that statement, that's, that's what I can accredit my IQ to. 
um, pretty much all of my success in life. So to round out last topic, I got a, I got a burner of a question for you guys. So strap and put your thinking caps on. She's if, on. If you could pick one thing, like one aspect of a hunt to be like perfect, whether it be the wind or the temperature or the barometric pressure, the moon phase or anything, one thing that could be absolutely perfect to be completely changed from like the day before or how the season's shaped up to like make a hunt be in your mind, a perfect hunt, walk out to that stand that morning or that evening and be like, today's the day that I'm, I'm killing. You get what I'm saying? Logan, you uh, go first. Yeah, yeah. I can start pissing off. I would say a cold front. 100%. Specifically? Snow. So you're, you're saying in... Before snow. Closer to, the, closer to the rut time, like mid to later season, yeah. the first snow specifically. Yeah. So yeah. not even a cold front. Not first even, yeah. snow specifically. First snow, because they deer know it's coming before we do. Mm-hmm. They're hitting the so pre- yeah so morning after so is probably still almost so as not good, even but I'd say before is better. You're not even necessarily necessarily saying cold front. You're saying pre weather front. Yeah. Okay. I like that a lot. Kyle, how about you? I don't know. I'm giving this a lot of thought, and I would have to almost agree with Logan. Like a big cold front at way end of October, early early November. You know, they're getting ramped up with the rut. You know, they're getting getting greased up, getting horny. You know, they're on their feet. And I don't know. I think to me that would be what get me so excited. Like, I go to bed at night. It's in the 60s, but I know it's a high of 43 tomorrow. And the low tonight is going to get down to 32. Mm-hmm. I'm ecstatic to get to that stand in the morning. Yeah, It's their, you know, their testosterone's going. The rut's ramping up. They got this big cold front. They're going to be on their feet. They're going to be moving cruising around i'm i'm very excited to be on that stand the next morning yeah for me i feel like it's the first hard frost that's a good like too. because it, it's for a lot of things right i think the hunting specifically that morning is going to be better it starts the turn of a page where we're finally going to start getting some cold weather some comfortable mm-hmm. hunting weather and also it is a deer like exactly exactly yep and it's for a lot of reasons it's right? always a sweet feeling walking mm-hmm. the stand in the morning and get that fr- that little crunchy frost mm-hmm. in the ground yep end of september a little bit maybe beginning of october you're a little excited little Be- beginning of october yeah i was gonna say typically it's in october unless it's a crazy year but yeah well, you wouldn't there. expect anything less right they're calling for an early fall in Minnesota, but we'll We're see. Practically in fall already. I wore yeah. sweatshirt all day. Hey, no, we'll take it on head on. We will. Well, boys, I say we wrap up number two here. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see you soon. Peace and blessings. <clears throat>